0: Hey guys, just a quick note before we jump into this week's episode of InStride. InStride is brought to you by Ride IQ. Ride IQ is a mobile app with hundreds of on-demand listen while you ride audio lessons taught by eventing jumper and dressage coaches. In other words, with Ride IQ, you can take a lesson from an incredible coach during any ride you'd like no hauling, and no scheduling. Whether you're looking to add structure to your rides or try new exercises or build confidence, RideIQ can help. Membership is only $29.99 per month, and every membership automatically includes a two-week free trial. Try it for yourself today by downloading the RideIQ mobile app on iPhone or Android. On today's episode of In Stride, Sinead talks to Canadian five-star event writer, Carl Slezak. Carl recently won the CCI four-star short at the 2023 Land Rover Kentucky three-day event on his mare, Hot Bobo. Other notable accomplishments include winning Team Bronze at the 2019 Pan American Games in Lima, Peru on Fernhill Wishes, bringing several horses to the four-star level, and being on the Canadian eventing team high-performance, long and short list. Today, Carl shares his story with Sinead. We hope you enjoy this episode.
1: All right, everyone! I am so excited. Hot off the presses—well, I don't know if that's even the right word to use—but I've got well, newly minted uh, Kentucky four-star winner, Carl Slezak, here with us at Ride IQ in, in stride today. Welcome, Carl! Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so, I—I I, honestly, I—I've been doing some commentating for the last little while and that was probably the first time I was nearly in tears like I was so stressed out watching your show jumping I don't know why because it was going beautifully and I watched you jump like literally seven days before and it was beautiful but I mean the way that crowd erupted when you jumped a clear round and the tears and I mean what what was that not to start right at the highest point of this but like what was that like for you?
2: And that was it. Was absolutely amazing. I mean, it still kind of hasn't really set in. I mean, uh, we're back to back to normal life, but that was uh, it. Was unbelievable to be in in that crowd and and hear everybody cheering. And uh, honestly, I've never really paid attention to her ears when I'm competing, but I noticed her ears per the whole way cross country show jumping, and I was like, and I don't even know why I noticed. Like I just noticed, and I was like, she's loving this. So I was just super excited about the whole thing.
1: So at the I watched an interview and you had said like you had hoped to be in that position or had, had a chance of being in that position starting the week off. But how did you feel going in? Were you thinking like this? I have a chance to, to win this or where were you at? I definitely
2: didn't have the expectation of going in to win it. But I was I mean, I, I believe in the mayor. I love the mayor. I have always thought she could be competitive. And uh, it's a dream to go in and, and come out on top. Mm-hmm. For sure, but uh, I believe in her so much and just kinda of took one phase at a time. Even for show jumping, it's like like I've always thought every, when, every time you put pressure on yourselves in that situation, good it just goes for like So it's yeah. like, eh, we've ha- had a rail before. Could go either way. Let's just let's just go and jump around. And wow. uh, it was definitely in the warm up it was like a totally different feeling though. Like she was she was on fire and it was I, I was I was confident going into ah. the jump show jumping right.
1: Wow, that's an awesome feeling. Can you explain? I mean, there's only a few well, not a few. I mean, well, yeah, a small few in this industry that are fortunate enough to okay. be in that in the warm up at Land Rover, whether it be for dressage or as like you experienced, as people start leaving the show jumping warm up and there's like ten people and then like seven and then six and then five and then you're kind of walking in there by yourself. Yeah. what's yeah. that space like? I mean, is it hectic? Is it calm? Like, what is that? What was that experience like for you? I mean,
2: definitely. Uh, I mean, it got it set up pretty well. It's that lander over there for sure that you got some jumps in the ring and you, when you're four out, you get to move down to the lower ring. So it's never, it's never chaotic, that's for sure. And uh, it was nice to, I mean, have Caitlin there and Rebecca there helping uh, just make sure that, yeah, I'm just doing normal things instead of something stupid. But uh, no, it's it, it's uh, it's very it's it's definitely nerve wracking watching everybody leave and knowing it's your turn. I, oddly, I don't know. It was just the, it was the weirdest thing. It was I was actually more relaxed for this mm. show jumping around than I've ever been. And as soon as I came out, well, after cross country, like, okay, just just chill because it could, it's all going to go poorly. It could just it could put too much pressure. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, That's so interesting. Dramatic. Yeah, because yeah. you you rode super cool. Like you, I thought your show jumping was like the coolest. You like I've seen you ride in quite some time in the biggest pressurized situation.
2: I've but, I've never been that fast in show jumping. i have like I was I came out of the finish. I was like, can't be my time. I'm usually like second over a few seconds over here there. I was yeah. like one of the after rounds. So I was, yeah, it was, it was, I mean, the whole weekend was just exciting. It just like fell, yeah. everything fell into place and couldn't be more excited.
1: It's, I think, walking away from the weekend, looking at so many people's weekend is that there's obviously a certain amount of uh, preparation and skill and athletic ability and stuff. But what? where do you fall on the line of luck?
2: I don't know. I think uh, with this one, I don't think it's, I don't think it's so much luck. I mean, I think she's, she's talented enough. We've been working hard and I don't know. I mean, again, from day one, I've always believed in her. We've had some, certainly some ups and downs, but no, she's totally, I definitely, I don't think luck was, it was the highest part of this weekend, but it was certainly, I don't know. I mean, I had to have a little bit of luck. I mean, for Liz to have a pin on a galloping table, that sort of thing like this is, weird things right uh but yeah, it, so there's obviously a certain amount of luck but definitely our preparation felt like we we did everything we needed to do to be on.
1: it is do you think that might have been like when you're kind of sitting there in that warm-up i i think kentucky is a pretty magical place like i think yeah. i i've had luck there and i felt like is this really working out as well as it's working out like don't question I think, it yeah and <laughs> like, yeah like
2: like it. I said, even just, even just the show, like just coming out of the ring or finishing the show, jump out of being be like, that could be my time. Like that was just, I don't know. I just sort of, I mean, you call it what? call it training, but I don't know, but it, yeah. everything fell into place. Like everything fell into place. It's yeah. Like, yeah, I was, uh, I was super happy about it.
1: That's it's so it. awesome. Everything shipped uh, away. So let's back up a little bit. So I I actually have spent a little bit this afternoon, like trying to track you down on the World Wide web, and there's there's not that much. Like, there's bits and pieces here and there, and I've known you quite a long time, so I have my own version. But wh- what? Where did we start? I like, start? To, hide. Where I
2: like you... to hide in my corner, and I like to
1: <laughs> <laughs> like Carl. Just
2: work away, and just do God damn
1: it! I didn't know if I one <laughs> stuff that I would have to talk about.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um... Um, I said, maybe I should yeah, just retire no. now. Like, uh, that's a pretty good eye to finish on. Now. So, yeah. <laughs> no, we're
1: not, we're not going to no, let was, you do that. Now, <laughs> yeah. so where, did, where did this all start? What is the, where did young Carl start his competitive career or his horse career? Uh,
2: horse career, I mean, uh, we, I grew up, started uh, in the city. And uh, my dad was a police officer. And uh, mm-hmm. he saw, it was all going downhill in Toronto. So I mean, we moved out of the city. He stayed, he stayed, he needed to work downtown Toronto, but so we uh, all moved out to the country and he was a big believer in just keeping our kids involved in as much as possible to uh, keep them out of trouble. And so I did, I did everything. I did, uh, I did karate, I did soccer, I did basketball, baseball, and golf. I tried, I tried pretty much everything, but uh, horses is what's, is what stuck. And uh, here we are. But I, I did start at, I had I did start at a, a a lot of great opportunities along the way. One of the barns that I, the only barn that I started at riding, it was like a school barn, and they did trail rides. And one week of camp turned into two weeks. Two weeks of camp turned into weekends throughout the winter. And then I started working there. And I, but my parents couldn't get me away from there. Really so ride everything. Yeah, I would be breaking horses, guiding trail. At, at 12 years old, I'm like, why don't these people listen to me? <laughs> again <laughs> some 12 year old kid on a on a little school horse god uh, try, trying to guide them around and they, they weren't listening to me it was really annoying but now, now looking back at it yeah that makes sense
1: like, <laughs> I, I understand yeah. oh that's, yeah. Yeah, siblings do you have siblings
2: i have uh, a younger brother and younger sister
1: and are Pretty they
2: gap between us oh really they're not into horses not into horses at all yeah they're not into horses at all I think it was nine years between my sister and I, and 17 between my brother and I. Wow. I was pretty much moved out, much moved out before he, uh, when he was growing up. So it's, uh, yeah, we're definitely, definitely got a big age gap.
1: Did they, did they watch this? But the they're
2: speakers? not for see it all. Uh, I, I uh, it sounded like they had seen it, but they have seen it. They, I don't know if they saw the live feed or just the clip of the competition rounds but they, they did get to see it. My sister lives out in Vancouver and my brother still lives in, just inside of Toronto.
1: Halen in? Ontario. In uh, Canada. So you did a little bit of... Yeah, I mean, all these And then did you... And how did you kind of elevate from 12-year-old trail guide?
2: Uh, the, the barn that I... So that was the other thing, the barn that I uh, started at. They, uh, the owner's daughter and uh, son and daughter were heavily into pony club. And so got involved in that. And and they also rode with Gary Rook. so I started riding with Gary. They started competing. Mario. I don't think I did my first horse trial until I was sixteen. Didn't really start competing. I did like hunter jumper schooling shows and little western shows when I was uh, thirteen. But uh, yeah, I didn't start eventing until I was sixteen. Got my first horse started eventing when I was sixteen, and then kind of worked through Pony Club really quickly. I guess you could, when you when you first start Pony Club, you have the option of kind of doing multiple levels testing for them all at once. And so I went straight up to my C one and eventually got my A level pointing club. But uh yeah. and I started working for Gary and Gary gave me a lot of opportunities to ride horses, uh some good horses. And uh I was we were both qualified. Actually him and I were both qualified for the uh two thousand and four Olympics in Athens. Uh, oh wow. My mine got hurt and didn't ball, or did not get selected but I went as his groom in 2004. So that was kind of, yeah, the building of...
1: How old were crazy. you? I mean, we're like... Uh, remember two I guess we was like 21?
2: 20, no, 20, I guess I was 23. 23.
1: I know. looked yeah. incredible. So you yeah, worked with know. And that a great
2: experience, for sure.
1: Yeah, no kidding. I worked so, with Gary for have, a long time. Yeah, I didn't realize yeah, that.
2: Yeah, no, I worked with him for a long time. And actually, he owned horse that i took to young know, riders and the one that eventually qualified for the Yelp mix it was a horse called private ryan and uh yeah good good horse to get some experience on and jumped around a bunch of advanced horse trials i did my first four long i guess i that as three long but yeah got, got a lot of experience on him
1: Okay. So you worked with him or under him till twenty something, and then did you decide to start your own thing, or what was the next step from that? I guess,
2: I guess uh, shortly after that, I guess uh, I guess two thousand five, two thousand six, somewhere there, started riding at a uh, a barn with Nick close, doing some work for a lady and teaching out of there. Just really started. I mean, Gary gave me a lot of opportunities to start my own business out of his place. Um, but then I got in this other uh, had a lot of clients there, started bringing horses in on training, and uh, so I decided to move out on and start, start my own thing. So I mean, even when even the, the later years of working for Gary, uh, I did I obviously worked for him, but uh, I, I was doing quite a bit on my own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So, were you that whole time in Canada, or were you? Yeah,
2: it was always it was always in Canada, and and uh, we were there. It was a Wolf Run Farm, and uh, Fitzgerald was the owner of the place. She again gave me lots of opportunities to run uh, run my own business out there as the head trainer, and and then we were there and right up until we moved down here. Yes. So, in two thousand nineteen, uh, when COVID hit. I mean, we, had, we never owned the farm in Canada. We were just managing it or running it for a pat. And uh, that was always the plan. We owned the farm down here. The plan was always to to make the move. Uh, but when COVID hit, you know, we didn't sell enough horses that year, and the border was closed, so I couldn't go back and forth to ship them all home. It was going to cost us more money in commercially shipping them than it was to start the immigration process uh, to get our visa and our green card. So it was kind of a no-brainer. Canada was shut down, nothing going on, and um, it cost us a lot of money to go home. So we just decided to stay. Uh, it's been, we've been really happy. Uh, got a great group of people that I teach in Ormond Beach and, and in uh, Claremont, and as well as the clients that we have here. Mm-hmm. It's uh, been fantastic.
1: So I was thinking about this earlier, and it's like, it's so funny when you look at the community that That's the only- is wanting, because I mean, it it really is a great community. You've got amateurs and young riders and kids and professionals and team riders and people on the path for that. But there is like this top tier that, uh, well, uh, professionals. And then within that tier, there are people that are always kind of in and out of team competition or on that that's on the radar. For you, what is that? look like has that always been something that if I'm going to do this I want to be doing it at that level or or has it been like okay I'm competing this is my job I'm doing this thing and if I happen to have a horse that is going at that level sure let's go to the Olympics or the Pan Ams or the world championships
2: I thought that I thought that I, I knew what it took and that was always like in in my mind I always wanted to be a team rider and and, uh, represent Canada and go to the Olympics. But, and I, th- I always thought I knew what that took, uh, but last year going to England was a huge eye opener going to badminton, competing at I mean, I had a good horse and, and, and uh, I don't think he was necessarily in his prime last year. I think, uh, we had some, again, some ups and downs, but definitely going to England and just seeing what, I mean, it, it was basically very similar to the move from Canada to the United States. Like it was a big. Jump in competitiveness and quality of horses, and going to England, it was just yet another another step. I mean, I think uh, badminton alone has a competition has been league of its own. I think it's uh, mm. Kentucky's great, uh, but it's it is it is just a different animal uh, at badminton. and then to get be able to stay there through the summer and go or at least go back and forth again, have to just compete at a few great venues hartbury and and they. Just, yeah, just watching the level of competition and the quality of horses is unbelievable. And it just makes you want to up your game. And uh, yeah. failing, uh, not, uh, yeah, I'm going to call it failing, failing for Tony. I'll let you on. Well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, okay. I mean, I was, I uh, hated that. I hated that feeling and I never wanted that feeling again. And I, like I said, we uh, we worked really hard to make, we, we were prepared, but I never wanted that feeling again. And uh, so just it was all of last year was, huge as far as going forward Mm. trying to be competitive on the world stage not just within canada or the united states
1: can you talk a little bit about i mean it's such an incredible experience to get to spend some time in europe but what were was there anything specific other than just like the level is better like was there anything that you just went oh my god like i mean you don't know what you don't know and then you see this what were the standouts for you that you really? Um, took away? Again, I
2: think I. Excuse me. I think that again, it was just uh, the level of competition is huge. I mean, you do, some of the scores that we could get here and be competitive wouldn't stand a chance. I mean, when you're, I mean, every four star course in in England had 100 entries. Like, so unless you're sitting on a 23 and going clean and fast cross country, you have leaving the rails up. You're just going to be middle of the pack. So it's, mm-hmm. it's just, it, that was, mm-hmm. that was the biggest thing for me. Like it was, you, you think you're doing okay here and then you go there and you're like, no, that's not just, it's just not good enough. So it is, that's the biggest eye opener. I mean, but definitely working with some of the professionals that I worked with over there, I got to stay at Andrew Nicholson's farm for a little bit, Rock and Cowles. and Powell's Mike was there, Mike Winter was a huge help to me, kind of getting my feet, getting on the ground there and, and getting set up. Uh, but everybody was super helpful and absolutely directing me in the right way to to make things happen. But it was just just another level of competition. It was, I mean, great to be a part of.
1: What was it? What was it that kind of fueled you to do that? I mean, that's a big thing. And I
2: think, it's like, I, I, I uh, it's always been a dream. I mean, it's always been a dream to compete at Patenton. The the Olympics is obviously from a, a publicity point of view, the Olympics is the height of the sport. But as far as like competition goes, Badminton is it's the it's like in the heart of the sport. It's where it started. It's where it is a tradition. And it is yeah, it's always been a dream of to go and compete at Badminton. Again, I I thought I was sitting I knew like going over there, I never thought I was gonna be like super competitive. But I thought I thought we could do a decent dressage test and I thought we'd jump around clean and, and be slow and then put in a really good show jump round. But I mean, it's just me like, it's just a different animal and I'd never been over to watch it and I would, if anybody ever wants to go and compete there, I would say go and watch it and make sure you're there on Saturday and, and just walk around the horse and realize how different it is. Jumps are one thing, but then having crowds that are, Six people with twelve people, twelve people deep, even along the galvanes. Like that, just Mm. we just don't get that exposure here. Mm. I would think that was, yeah. Like how do we? I don't even. I don't even know how you care for that. Like really, like
1: you have a very big, yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. Like I mean, we we try to. I mean, I've always tried to. Everything I've done as far as like preparing horses is trying to is always been towards keen things and horses that I think that have the ability. I've done certain things. I've always gone to the Royal Winter Fair as a, as a was a good horse show for us to expose them to atmosphere of people and crowds and just something different. And, uh, Red Hills was always a good one. Uh, it was the only other venue that had, had uh, good crowds that oh. would be tailgating and tents and stuff like that. Carolina's another good one, but there's just, I mean, even those are just small in comparison to. Mm -hmm. Edmonton and, uh, yeah, it's, it's completely different trying to prepare them for that without being in England. I mean, I think they're, even some of their four stars are, have good turnouts. Uh, I've never mm -hmm. been to Bramham, but I've I've been told that Bramham is probably almost as big as Edmonton, as far as crowds go for a lower level of competition. Excuse me, Mm -hmm.
1: Uh,
2: but yeah, it's, uh, definitely
1: pretty have Yeah. Well, I think even like, I mean, it's even wild. Having jumped around some bigger stuff, I still feel like I went to badminton a couple of years ago and I walked around, I was like, is this possible? Like the people, are people going to jump this on Saturday? Like, should everybody just retire now? And but, like, if you had asked me on Monday, getting on the flight, going over there, like would you want to ride there? I'd be like, absolutely. And then I got there, I was yeah. like, not now. It's like, <laughs> <Yeah>. not, <laughs> because, not because I don't want to, but because right now, like I was like, the I don't have the partnership in the barn right now that's able to do that. But and so it's, it's, it's like, I'm sure you we all say all the time the, from the, through through and through the levels of the sport, like what we want, where our goals are, what our outcome is. But until you actually see that stuff, until you actually walk in, like TV doesn't do it justice until you actually walk that line. Yeah. But then you can take that back and go, okay, I need to up my training program. I need to up my, yeah. uh, because I do want to do it. I just can't do it right now. Now I know I can't do it right now.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man, the horse I took over, the horse I took over there last year it was a phenomenal jumper. And mm-hmm. would, honestly, I I would have uh, never pegged him for, for being one that would really struggle in that type of atmosphere the sides and jumps has never been an issue galloping is always was always his struggle he was never a real fast horse but i mean i had a good partnership with that horse and uh, we've done multiple four star four star longs and multiple four star shorts i mean years of it
0: mm-hmm.
2: but i thought i was going over confident and even walking it i was like not like i'm confident in this but he he i don't he just couldn't handle the crowds I didn't. Mm. and it was and it's the weirdest thing because he is such a laid back horse that I hate giving him that excuse because yeah, like nothing really faces him. But uh, after, after the fact, then he started thinking back and he was always weird in, in like victory gallops. So, like I can think of it at the Pan Am's when we got off to get our medals. I was like, I don't know if I can get, be able to get back on. He was just like dancing around. And, and again, if anybody who knows, knows for no wishes and chalk in the barn, he's so laid back and it. It's just weird that's it, it affected him so much mm. that's really the only thing i can come up with like he just again the jumps couldn't have really affected him. the mm-hmm. things that uh and, and the size and and that sort of stuff couldn't have affected it and our partnership was great with i thought they yeah. we were fully on track to have a again a, a good jump rep necessarily mm-hmm. as a in their first run at badminton just kind of let's check it out let's see what it's about like let's mm-hmm. yeah, no it was a it was a very uh, big eye opener for sure. I mean, even the gallop lanes—gallop lanes are narrower than probably anywhere you've seen before, and you can't see the next jump. You have to bend around the crowd, like it's, it's wild, lead your way through them, and 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 find your way to the next jump. It's not—you don't get to gallop down the lane and see the at your next one forty strides away. It's you see the you see the corner of the ropes, and then you kind of bend around it, and then maybe you're lucky to see what jump it. So.
1: Yeah. And well, and especially if it's not a venue that you're familiar with, like. Uh, sometimes right. you're like, I don't know if you felt this, but like there's been places I've competed at that I'm not as familiar with as like Kentucky, where I'm I know I walked the course five times and the crowd is that deep. I'm still coming around. I'm like, I don't really know what the next jump is. I think you come around and you're like, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. it's a trout hatchery. Yeah,
2: it's easy to be kind of easy to lose a bit of focus there. And just, uh, yeah, something goes wrong and you're heading for the crowd and you're right. trying to pull up or just turn and get back on track or it's easy, easy to lose uh, focus there for sure
1: so let's talk team canada because obviously you've been in that roller coaster for quite some time going back to 2004 and there's been so much shift and so much change can yeah. you like well even building a little bit on the the diff like when when you're a professional rider but you've always got kind of a little uh aim towards the team stuff you you've always got kind of a well, hopefully you kind of have a thumb on what's happening. Like can you talk us through maybe a little bit of the evolution and then we can round out kind of where we are at now? Like when you were back and you were twelve in two thousand and four. Yep. <laughs> like what yeah. was that like? Or did you even know there was like
2: No, time? I didn't realize I didn't I didn't yeah. realize how lucky I was at the time. Like again, yeah. Gary was part of the team team and had and some good horses at the time. And a lot of people coming down, to sorry, there weren't very many people coming down to Florida. And so I had an, an upper level of horse at that time. I was an intermediate horse and Gary was involved in the team training sessions. And I was lucky enough to actually you know, observe them. And then it wasn't long before I was like riding in those, in those sessions. And it was great. we had uh, Jimmy Wofford uh, was the team coach in time and I learned a ton and got and got a lot of exposure, but it yeah, and it, it has certainly it has certainly changed a lot. And yeah, there's there we've had some some really good help, and it's gotten some good directions and it's gotten some negative directions. But right now it's it's full steam ahead. We've got a great high performance program, some good people heading it for sure, and I think Canada as as a whole and the professionals that make high performance are really excited uh they see that things are going in the right direction and and really motivated to try to be better i mean we just had uh janelle price come over and give us a have a training session in march and uh that was kind of the motto of the whole weekend was just be better a bobble in a walk transition is not good enough a a, a step of drop going from walk to canter is not good enough. i mean be better be pickier be be more on the job all the time. And, mm. and I think everybody received that loud and clear. And uh, it seems to be that everybody wants, and it, it's stepping up the plate. I think that there was a lot of good performances I think, like this weekend, a lot of good performances this spring, and I think it's just all a result of being excited about progress and, and a new, a new era for our, our
1: yeah. Hi, everyone. I wanted to take this opportunity to give you some inside information on what makes Tota saddles different. This new Tota Freedom jump line, which we were lucky enough to help design, is contoured away from the shoulder and the shoulder muscle, not only to allow new freedom of movement, but it encourages a more uphill balance and an effortless comfort for the horse. The new balance puts the rider in harmony in a connected and powerful way. One more amazing perk of this saddle is that it has a metal tree meaning you can fit it to any horse you have now and any horse that enters your barn in the future. At Copperline, we pride ourselves in a progressive horse first approach. And when we met Charlie and learned that his TOTA comfort system was founded on an understanding of the horse's biomechanics, maximizing performance, and the total comfort of the horse, we knew we had to work with this team. Please check out the Dressage Connection or follow the TOTA Comfort System on Facebook or Instagram. If you want ad-free listening on the In Stride, head over to Ride IQ, where you can listen without interruption. And now, back to the podcast. Yeah, it, well, and I, it, the brief bit that I was around for the Janelle Clinic and the bit I've been in and out of the Canadian, just due to friends, <laughs> the... That there seems to be an accountability thing that is, like, come up. Like, it's like, and and everybody seems to be rising to it. It's like, no longer are you, is is the top, like, you need to be the best in Canada. It's like, no, no, like, the bar is raised. Like, why not? Like, why not? And there seems to be a lot of eagerness around that. For
2: sure. We have some we have some great riders and uh, and we have some horses. I think I think horsepower is certainly good thing. We, we certainly need better horsepower, but just the, just the mentality needs to change of yeah, to not need be the best in Canada, but to be in you know, stride to be the best in the world. And well, obviously we're we're a ways off still, but let's keep the momentum going and and uh, and the enthusiasm to try to get there. So yeah, I think I think we have already made improvements as far as heading that direction.
1: It was one of my favorite parts at one of the dinners was, uh, and it's like, it was like such a backhanded compliment. Everybody thought, yeah, but it was when Janelle said, oh, like when I was coming over here, I thought, what am I going to be teaching? And that yeah. I'm paraphrasing because I can't quote her specifically, yeah. but then she said, I just taught you guys and you guys aren't that bad. So why aren't you winning? Yeah.
2: Yeah, exactly, yeah, She's pleasantly surprised at our <laughs> abilities. And, and, and that was a great question. Why are not we winning? Like, let's, yeah. Let's, yeah. let's just be a bit better and get some better quality horses and yeah. keep going.
1: Yeah. So. Well, I'm glad that the rest of that conversation after that wasn't recorded because, well, I, I actually am, I said it wasn't because we could sell that, but there was a lot okay. of people yeah. on there. That was, was really good, but I thought that was like a pretty powerful statement coming from like the world number two. She's like, you guys actually, there's no reason. And there's some permission in that, right? There's some like, that's actually a good. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And that was, I mean, that was, I loved that dinner actually. It was, I mean, just how candid she was and open and she was about everything does in your program. And you always ask people what they do in the program and we'll give you answers. And I, I don't know about anybody else, but I often like, I don't really believe that i don't really believe that that's what you do and and i've like you see you see them out doing things and you're like that's i don't look anything fine. like what you described but mm-hmm. hey like i believed everything she said i believe that mm-hmm. she yeah but like she was totally open about it and and some things like uh just even the galloping i was like and the jumping i was like they do a lot of uh, very minimal jumping and very minimal galloping with their 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 more experienced other horses and i don't think anybody would honestly tell you that and would be like yeah yeah we do grid work and we do this and that and footwork Mm -hmm. lots of galloping for every fourth day or whatever and yeah uh, but now he was very open about it yeah awesome i really appreciated it
1: so it's like and again when you're and i don't know if you can actually answer this question because i don't know if i could answer it if someone asked me but if you're how do you get into like everybody's out at the same horse shows. So what is separating those that are on this kind of team roster? Like speaking from Team Canada, what is the thing that kind of takes you from being somebody that's riding in Ontario or Toronto or Vancouver, and you're going to rocking horse as well? <laughs> and and that, that you kind of get onto that trajectory. How do you do that? I mean,
2: I think it all starts to just wanting the dream of being wanting to be a team rider, but then then at some point you got to make the you got to make the decision to to get out there and 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 want to do it, and uh, yeah, one weekend, we'll, yeah, we'll be a, we'll be raw League competing against some of the best rider, the best horses in the in the country, and uh, and then you got to and then you just suddenly up your game and, and you're starting to be involved in more of the teams. It's, uh,
1: Do they, like, secretly knock on your door, or, like, how does yeah, that work? <laughs>
2: no, I mean, <laughs> I think you just you, you just keep trying. I mean, I, I'm i always about personal deaths. I've never, like, I don't necessarily, uh, I didn't call it a fault or, or something that is maybe a health by program, I don't know, but I don't necessarily go out and watch everybody. It's all about personal deaths. I'm always trying to be better than myself every time. And so I don't know that's, uh, again, I'm just trying to be the best I can be, and I put a lot of pressure on my own by myself, and and work really hard to, to get where I want to go. But yeah, I don't. I think it's eventually. Yeah, you're right. It is actually. They just come nothing on the door. when you actually when you actually start pulling off some results and and doing the doing the things. Uh, yeah, they just think they people recognize it, and and, and they're like, well, what you and come come join in the training session and be part of it, and if we can make it better.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, that seemed to be actually how it did happen. Like you were kind of in a program and then all of a sudden you had a horse that was competitive and there were training sessions there. And it's kind of like be in that environment, be in that community, be yeah. in that space and, and to go from there.
2: You surround yourself with the competitiveness and and it just keeps, yeah. You just keep, you just keep up in the game and people notice. They
1: can't notice. What was it like for you and Kaylin to like leave Canada like how did that process
2: that that was a I mean as far as like just just on a personal level that was a hard yeah. thing for us we we sure. had a great support um uh, team at home we we had uh, lots of good clients we had we we had good bets we had good farriers. we had we had everything was in place at home and uh, to just stay home was, was tough on us and we had no idea of like what it was going to be like. There's a lot of professionals that here in Florida and every year it seems like there's just more and more people staying uh, just because it is such a good spot to be, there's lots of great places to compete in and train and do all that sort of stuff here. So definitely uh, it was, it was hard. We didn't know that our business was going to take off and, but as everybody here has been very supportive. Uh, we got got just, this, uh, just to get a good group of clients here and, and they back us a hundred percent and it's been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Definitely we miss families like, again. Yeah, so for, so doing the whole immigration process that Newark allowed because we were already here We couldn't leave and leave the country until we got our work visa and our travel permit that came together. And uh, again, all obviously COVID was going on at the same time. So I got my work permit and my travel permit first, and then with the year later, Evelyn got hers, so I could travel but she couldn't. It was kind of like it was like their way of keeping us here. I yes. could travel but she couldn't, and and then she finally got hers, and I was away all last summer. So this uh, December was the first time I had really been. I had been back to Canada since Christmas of twenty nineteen. Wow. So it, was, uh, it was it was it definitely hard. It was hard being away from from family it was hard being away from home for so long yeah but uh definitely I don't regret it it's just it's different and it's uh but we love it here for sure
1: and was that always part of the plan it was just it are you just kind of when you got down here you realized to really be successful with your business and career which sometimes in this sport are two different things you really couldn't do it there I think,
2: again, I think we, we, we own the farm here, which is, that was mm. a huge thing. the, the farm up in Canada, the, the owner had come to us early in the 20, 17, 2018. Like, I'm getting to be a lot and uh, I'm thinking about selling and I'm like, well, don't worry about us. We will be, we'll just make move to Florida and like, and it is very different There's lots of farms to rent. There's not like here renting a farm is a dime a dozen, you can go, I could travel mm two minutes down the road and find a fire to rent and you probably do that most, almost through the whole United States, that's mm-hmm. a lot harder in Canada. And we had a good facility in Canada and, and to go from a really good facility to something lesser would have, and yeah. trying to be competitive would have been, would have been hard. So, mm-hmm. uh, I said, I said to Pat from, from that day, like just when you're ready to sell, let us know. And we'll, we'll make the move for COVID mm-hmm. just forced our hand, uh, and pushed us to do, make the move earlier. Because just the end of Canada and shut down. But we've, it, so on, on two levels, yeah, we want to be more competitive, and definitely things are more competitive here. And competitions are getting stronger. Um, both the, the quality of the venues, quality of the competition, so, yeah, to, to to go forward was huge. Uh, but also, just on a personal level, just being like having us at home, own
1: our,
2: our own place. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's nice to have your own place.
1: Yeah. yeah. Absolutely, so circling back to this past weekend, obviously like last year with Fernhill wishes was uh, like had some huge highs and some huge opportunities and then some not so awesomeness. But if you're not winning, you're learning right, and then you come back here and you've got and I remember talking to you a year or two ago about this little Marin. Hot bow, But what do you call her in the barn? Just bow. Sobo. <laughs> and she was super, super competitive. But I remember talking to you at Florida Horse Park and you're like, yeah, but when I go cross country, she's just like completely feral. But she always shows up at the events. Like. Can you talk a little about that? Because that's she, a little. She, I mean,
2: from, yeah. Like, I mean, as a young horse, he, like she was for sure spooky uh, cross country, like lovely on the flat. Just, like so totally trainable. Wanting to work awesome over show jumps. I mean, I'd, I'd put anybody on her to show jumper and they'd have a blast and, you know, work the scene, whatever. And, uh, but cross country has always just been a bit weird. And as a young horse, I thought, still get over it. Was, but she was so easy to train and so easy to bring along, honestly. I probably brought her along a little faster than than some of the other, and probably any other horse. I mean, she thinks she did one novice with me and then I did one training and maybe a preliminary. And she'll just, she'll just, she'll just keep getting better. She'll, she'll yeah. eventually get done. And, That'd be fine, but all the rest, everything else was going so well. And again, the jumps, with we so much jumps in front of her. Like every time we'd get to a jump, she'd, she'd figure it out and she'd jump it really well. Like it wasn't like she was hanging legs or doing anything stupid, but galloping to those fences, she was spooking at the other fences and it wasn't just a little spooking, she'd run sideways and whatever, just and, and cross country schooling her is, it was always a nightmare. Like it was every time we went, it was just like, she'd never seen a fence before. <laughs> But yeah, then, then we had a, back, a bad a fall and I did break my wrist while competing here. And, uh, and then we just went back. We just thought, I really like this mare. I think she's, I think she's the real deal, And I went back to novice. Like it's like, oh, wow. it's, it's just, yeah, I was like, no, this is, I, 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 I made do. a mistake. I made a mistake. I was like, she, yeah. she should I should have, she was so good and so trainable, but I, I made the mistake and bring her along a little faster than I should have. And. Yeah, we went back to novice, did a couple novices, and a few more trainings, and then we were back to preliminary uh, in a year, I yeah. guess. Um, and when and you then, brought her yeah, back
1: yeah, to novice, what, were you surprised that, that there were some holes? Were you like, oh, right, or or were you like... Was it, it, honestly, I mean,
2: gonna, it didn't really feel any different, like competing her preliminary in novice, like it, <laughs> she was just spooky and just like she was just getting to the jumps and she'd still jump as well, and it, like it was... I, I, when we, I would say our fall came from, we were, we were showing her to people. That would be, her. we had her for sale. We bought her as a sale horse. We were showing her to people to, to, uh, to, to buy. And again, we would, they'd love her dressage, they'd love her show jumping, and then they'd want to cross country schooler. And the week that we had our fall, she, somebody tried her cross country and, they were I wasn't around, so it was just the trainer that uh, we had known and I think it sounds like the kid just kept kicking her and kicking her and like every every time it was going poorly, she's harder and faster and running around the fences and unfortunately that didn't it wasn't wasn't gonna work for for Bubble for sure. And uh that that uh weekend I was competing her and we left the start box and she got really kind of green on on me at first fence. She got really spooky and backed off and I did. I, I, I gave her, a think, of encouragement, and when I landed, and then the next fence, she was really kind of looking at it and put my leg on to just kind of put her back on the line, and, and she left the ground. And oh my god! Steps. And it was just like, like she's like, you want me to leave? And just totally just misread it. And, and I again, it was biggest kind of biggest regret of of my training. And again, you learn as you go along mm. that you gotta, I just gotta back off and take a little slower. Mm. So that was kind of a bluffing and this and, yeah, uh,
1: thank God. we, we just right? went,
2: we went, but again, it didn't, it didn't really feel any different novice um, and preliminary, but I was like, I am not, I'm going to persevere. I see the qualities here. She just needs to learn her job a little bit better and, mm. uh, she can learn it over some smaller fences and take some more time over small offenses. But yeah, it wasn't, uh, really wasn't until even, even like the first few cross country schools we had last spring i was like god what is never gonna get is this ever gonna get better like it was just the same Just still like she had never seen a cross country fence before and we had already jumped around intermediate in the, the fall before definitely i mean again competing and she keeps getting better and better but but it's not so uh, a pleasant feeling it doesn't give you a warm and pleasant feeling when you're going cross country school like it's 100 percent like she's never seen one before so like, is she oh. ever gonna <laughs> handle it never be able to Step up to the plate like you really did I just switch her to show jumping or something like that because it's uh yeah th- I mean this is our sport and it's cross-country and uh, if you can handle cross-country schooling what's she gonna what's she gonna handle a crowd at here? or a crowd at badminton like that's yeah. but she kept getting better and better and, and la- like all all last fall she was so on it she we were starting to even when we went cross country schooling, finally it started <laughs> feeling normal. Like it started started to feel normal. And this year, for sure, percent. even the first cross country school we had, is uh, a little bit. Yeah, Spencer Stall was over for a clinic, and uh, we rode in that, and she was great. I, when you're riding with somebody, they tell you to go do this, that, and the other thing. You're always like, know, oh, I don't want, I don't want them to know. But yeah. uh, so you you never know if she's going to handle the questions that you put out in front of us and she
1: was great. Awesome. Yeah, here we are. <laughs> so funny. Well, it was funny. There was in one of the, yeah, in one of the interviews that you did, you talked about her just like, like you noticing her being good in the Victory Gallop and noticing like that she handled all of that really well. And that must be yeah. a little bit from your Fernhill Wishes horse and from the history with her. You're just like, are you really okay? Like, you're sure? Yeah, are you I, know,
2: sure, like, yeah like, I, I'm definitely... I definitely. Uh, I'm always questioning what I'm doing and making sure they're they're they're, they're happy and um mm-hmm. and yeah, no feet. I mean, I, I I don't even know why. Like it, I mean, I noticed it, but it was every pretty much every mm-hmm. jump. She just had her ears pricked and she was just loving it. For her to for her to just stand in the ribbon presentation, trembling uh, in her eye and and mm-hmm. running, running uh, doing the victory yell of she just. He was loving it, so I think there's there's a lot more to come from her. I think she's I think she just got a taste of what it's like to have somebody really big group of people really cheer for her.
1: Yeah,
2: hoping just keeps getting better and better.
1: So exciting! So are you headed better to Tryon try at some point? Yeah. <laughs> next <It's a> <laughs> uh, and yeah, so Tryon yeah,
2: you know, maybe not next year. We're gonna we're gonna take a little bit of more. Yeah, but next weekend we are headed toward towards Tryon and yeah, running the four law.
1: Oh, perfect. Yeah, I guess you've had success at Kentucky now, so maybe Kentucky in the spring might be the.
2: Yeah, yeah, I've, I had not had success at Kentucky before. Like we just needed to change, so that was part of the making. We put batteries on our site, but that was not a good idea.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so incredible! Uh, that, I don't just... think he could have handled it, but it was not that not for him that weekend.
1: So what is he? What is he doing? What is he doing now? I, he's, he's just playing at home. He's such
2: a good show jumper. And the dressage was always a little bit, it was a chore for him. You know, like it's, he he, he was a bit, he's always a bit of a lazy horse. Uh, not a bit of a, he's always a lazy horse. and Yeah, um, not a, la- you
1: know, he's to, lazy. To keep him, yeah,
2: to keep him in front of your leg. And you know, stuff so it was, it was work for him. And uh, yeah. so I think show jumping is is his true calling and he can, uh, so I think I'm going to sell him as a show jumper. Mm. And uh, at the moment, that's the plan send them into the into the show jump world and um uh, can have a good life there i mean he background any amateur lady or any amateur young rider kind of wants to do some, some bigger fences yeah and get get some experience on on a horse that is very forgiving yeah even do that so i think that's a
1: great it's so nice here I mean, yeah and it's such a nice career. i mean it's so again it's such a a thing to have those options and to have the horses from the start that are the quality movers or quality jumpers. And I mean, eventing's really hard, right? So it's nice if you try it. And especially at the five-star level to, to have other options to keep the horses happy. It's, it's huge. I was going to ask you a little bit before we get into these questions about, cause you'd mentioned it a couple of times in different places about kind of like how you handle pressure, like, like on, on the daily when you're at competitions when you have something like this now now not to bring it up but now there's going to be an expectation and i'm sure you haven't thought about that yet so i'm just going to bring it up now people are going to expect you to win <laughs> Like now like, what's like. your no problem yeah, yeah, sort of yeah. you no know well like i'm still american <laughs> so i have yeah. to make sure to not, not the I'm N- a <laughs> how do you what is your kind of relationship with pressure
2: I've always put my pressures that I've always felt are my own pressure. I always put more pressure on myself, and 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 again, not having, not always having a lot of horses. They, then it's it's your, your all your focus and all your pressure is on on one horse and kind of one result. And I would say that was probably one of my biggest downfalls is kind of coming up to the coming up through the levels. And then I would say that my best results were always when I had multiple horses. So when whatever level. I mean, multiple horses at training level, multiple horses at the advanced level, that you can just kind of spread your focus a little bit, not put so much pressure on that. Um, when you have one horse, it's like, oh, I can't miss that gallop, we can't do, can't miss that jump school. Uh, that wasn't good enough. Let's jump 10 more instead of, and, and you start to spread that focus out and then, and put less pressure on the horses and horses perform better. And, and so, I, and now I'm starting to feel that a little bit on my, like, in, in these pressure situations where it's like let's take the pressure off. It's just like just mm-hmm. we're trying to keep it as close to just having a jump round or just willing in the ring at home. And, and uh, I wouldn't say that I mastered it, yet, but it felt, it felt like I did a good job of it this, this weekend in Kentucky. Honestly, I was, I, I can't, again, I can't really tell you how I changed my mindset is it, but, I just, right after, right after cross country, it's like, just keep keep your head cool and don't put that pressure on. And I, I felt like I was able to do that. And even right before I went in down the chute, uh, somebody made some comment about, uh, they were waiting on me. Uh, and uh, like, that's the story of my life. It's uh, always waiting on me. I'm always late for everything. But and so to be able to joke at the last minute or end down the chute, like that's, again, that's not, that's not normally uh, how I would, yeah, yeah. I would, I, I would, the, the feeling that I would have to be able to make jokes. but uh, I, I definitely like that feeling going into the ring, and if mm. I can reproduce that, I'm going to do my best to keep reprodu- reproducing that because that mindset yeah. made a world of difference. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Taking, taking taking the pressure off and just it's the best thing you can possibly do.
1: Yeah, definitely better feeling. Okay, let's move into these questions. What is the biggest lesson a horse has taught you about yourself?
2: Well, I'm not. I'm not a patient person, and I want things now. And uh, and and that's. Uh, I mean, I can be patient with people, but I when yeah when things that I want done, I am not so patient. And uh, my horses, I yeah, you just want to see results. And I, I've had multiple horses tell me that I need to be more patient, but it wasn't, it just took me a lot longer to hear them (laughs) than it probably should have. So yeah, that's, I mean, I think that not one specific horse, but I think a lot of horses take pressure off of of them and take the pressure off myself and just go one more day, one more day at a time, instead of always uh, feeling like there's no, there, there can be a variation from. Yeah, there's always I mean, every event rider knows there's got to be a variation, but mm-hmm. there's X, Y, and Z plans. It's uh, yeah, it's day to day as well, not just in competition, not just in cross country when things are going wrong. Every day as well.
1: I think it's if I could, if there was a tally for the answer, the number one answer to this question, it would be patience. <laughs> But I think the difference that makes the, the 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 champions of it are the people that learn learn the lesson. So I think it's, uh, I mean that's it's it's huge because I think it's a theme for sure. Do you it's have
2: the top of the professional, the best in the world? I mean they can, they just look so calm and collected, mm-hmm. and and I mean that's I mean I think this starts with patience, and and then and being able to focus, and then and then everything again.
1: Well, and having that feeling, I mean, it's like anything, right? Like for you this past weekend, like realizing that you were in sole control of alleviating that pressure and then the feeling that came with that and then the reinforcer of a successful event, like way better doing it that way than the other. And it won't always go that way because that's life, but it's a better experience.
2: No, no, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, it's huge. Do you have a favorite training or competition mantra that you reference regularly?
2: Uh, I no, I think I think it varies from from horse to worse and and uh, comp- competition. Uh, but I definitely, I definitely like this feeling of again. This is all going to come down to this: this rel- relief of pressure and mm. uh, trying to. It was the best feeling ever. I, I can't even describe it. Like just being able to go into the ring, not even feeling the butterflies, just like having a cool head. And I'm just going to keep trying to reproduce that. And, and so really just telling myself constantly from the full competition to, to play cool is, was the best thing ever.
1: Huge. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, when you figure out how, if there's an actual like step-by-step process for that or a book, maybe you could write a book.
2: I'm not telling anybody. I'm not telling anybody. I'm <laughs> keeping that <laughs> on myself. <laughs>
1: Here's this dangling thing. I'm not telling sorry. you how to do it. Sorry,
2: right, guys. Yeah, <laughs> you know, no. Like,
1: At some point when time. I retire.
2: a <laughs> secret. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I retire, that's when, when I'll nice. nice. everybody else and i the secret. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, not not so much. I'll apologize I'll
2: later. I'll, I'll <laughs> say sorry for not telling you earlier. But <laughs>
1: Uh, <laughs> but I gotta keep it to myself okay uh is there a piece of advice uh someone gave you along the way that you still reference today
2: yeah I think that uh I mean we've had a lot of a lot of working students and we've had lots of young kids come through and somebody once told me like sit on every type of horse that you can and I think yeah, and uh, that was I think what I built my my career on uh, especially early on and feel like it's helped me so much now is that I can get on a lot of horses and, and figure them. Out. And I think that a lot of kids these days have their one horse and they want they want to be so good, unfortunately on their one horse and they're not riding other horses. And I think just so limited it's, 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 it's going to limit them for sure. Uh, so I think that that was very helpful to me. Somebody just don't care what type of horse, dude horse, trail horse baby old horse
1: what do you do when you are seeking inspiration
2: but I, I definitely will i some of the bigger competitions again i've almost. i said i don't really like to i don't necessarily watch a lot of people on a day-to-day because it's always or even even at some of the smaller horse shows it's just because i'm always trying to do personal best but Definitely at some of the bigger competitions. If I if I'm trying to get in a good headspace, I try to pick a good horse and rider combination and just uh and just watch that one and see. Mm-hmm. And then if it's good, then leave it and uh and then and just stick with the game plan and to kinda mimic some of the things that they did to be at mm-hmm. the top.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And hope that it's not that's always the worst when you're watching and you're like, I need somebody good now. I need somebody to <laughs> oh, God.
2: yeah, yeah, that happens more often than not. That'll even go. Yeah, this person's gonna be great, and then yeah, and then they have a hiccup, and then the next person has a hiccup.
1: Yeah, and you're like, I gotta just go.
2: <laughs> just gotta go. We got this. Stick to our plan. Stick to the yeah. plan, carry on.
1: And there's no pressure now, so because we've learned right. the tick from Carl, we, we
2: learned how to do it. We learned how to take that pressure off for sure.
1: Yeah. No, no,
2: it's, at, least I, at least I learned, at least I learned how to do it. I don't know if going to be <laughs>
1: out.
2: <there. laughs> uh, secrets. I keep my secrets.
1: <laughs> All right. Last question. Have you had an experience or adversity separate from horses in your life that you feel like has influenced you as a horseman?
2: Not specifically outside. I have to say that being a horseman has consumed my life. So I don't have to do anything else. But uh, they just... Uh, there's been lots of things within within my uh, within my career, those humbling experiences and every you just have to take every experience as a learning experience and right. try to get better yourself for it. And I think that's that's important and even even when things go wrong, it's just gonna help you be better in the long run. It's hard in the beginning, that's for sure. But yeah, you take it personally and you like what the hell are you doing? Why did they choose this as a career? But you just got to think of things as a learning experience not one specific thing but everything in general
1: every part of this horse it that <laughs> every exactly
2: exactly the adversity of the venting
1: <laughs> yes exactly. i love it uh, so so we're looking at try one and <laughs> then i'm assuming you've got your name in the hat for the pan-american games
2: I Hope so. That's I mean try-on is definitely uh, short term. And then yes, that would be ideally the the scenario that we get to we get to go to Chile for the Pan Ams. But
1: mm-hmm.
2: we don't see the, the mm-hmm. rest of the season brings.
1: And it's an interesting time because obviously the Pan Ams are a three star, but most uh, well the countries that are participating would most likely be sending four star horses. But those horses as well could very easily be on the Paris list. Is that, I'm sure that's all you're, you're looking at your calendar, looking at your schedule, looking at your programs. Are you doing that all in pencil? Are you writing it in the highlighter? Like, is there a marker on your wall? How do you do this? I
2: definitely haven't, I have an agenda and definitely trying to plan out the best routes of how to get there. I mean, obviously, Paris and on the radar as well i mean it should it looks like it's gonna be absolutely beautiful there and uh one of the more impressive venues to, to compete at so that's definitely uh in the back of my mind but again one step at a time and uh we'll see let me get see how the rest of the season plays out but yeah there's all these qualifications that we have to do to, to carry mm. on
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for spending whatever day this is this evening with us. I know it's been probably a pretty wild ride. What, what was the kind of first thing you did when you got home? What was like the, like, I don't know, some people have champagne, some people have Ben and Jerry's. What was it like? I just have to relish in this for a second. What'd you do?
2: We, we relished in it at Kentucky. Yeah. We, yeah. so we definitely celebrated Saturday night, though. That was a big, obviously that was a big first step. And then uh, we had a we had a great time and celebrated with some good people, clients, in uh, the VIP tent, and then a uh, celebratory dinner afterwards. But uh, uh, Monday was kind of back to the grind. It was a long drive home, and Tuesday morning we had a load of hay uh, to unload. So back and, to reality. So yeah, no, it's uh, back to reality. Absolutely, it was there was no better feeling than all of Saturday and Sunday, mm. and I'll never forget those uh, those moments. Yeah, unfortunately, it's kind of back to the grind.
1: Somebody's got to unload that. Hey, got it. Awesome. Best of luck at Tryon and in the fall, hopefully in Chile, and we will all be following along.
2: Thank you very much. Appreciate it.
0: I really hope you enjoyed that conversation. Before you go, I just want to let you know more about Ride IQ. At its core, Ride IQ gives everyone access to instruction from the best equestrian coaches in the world. It might sound impossible, but with Ride IQ, you get access to the private mobile app that has hundreds of on-demand listen-while-you-ride audio lessons taught by top riders and coaches in eventing, hunter-jumpers, and dressage. Here's how it works. You look through the app and choose a lesson based on your horse or a skill you're working on. There are lessons for green off-the-track thoroughbreds and nervous horses and horses that are behind the leg, as well as lessons that teach every stage of skills like shoulder in or trot lengthenings. Then you tack up and press play and you have a top coach like Doug Payne or Leslie Law or Gina Smith in your ear, guiding you every step of the way. If you enjoyed today's episode, it is always appreciated. If you can take a moment to share the podcast with your friends and family and leave a review on your podcast app. The best way to support the podcast is to become a Ride IQ member at ride-iq.com. And when you do, we hope you're excited to see that Instride is just one of multiple podcast shows on the app, including half chats, conversations with coaches, and more. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you during the next episode.